Thank you for listening to this week's message from Go Church. We hope it encourages you today. For more information about Go Church, check us out online at letsgo.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right, good morning. Good morning. Question, when it's a record 100 degrees yesterday, how many of you were positive? You were just, you were staying positive. It's hard. It's hard. You must have been at the lake or in the water or something if you were staying positive, right? I mean, it was hot. You know, they say, oh, but it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat in Colorado. You're like, yeah, a furnace is like a dry heat. Whew. Well, hey, I'm Bill. I'm happy to bring the message today. How many of you remember this yard sign? It's not our current yard sign. Yeah, this is the first yard sign at the beginning of the global pandemic. Spring of 2020, March, city shut down, stay-at-home order, church no longer at Willow Elementary, We were now doing church online. Pastor Nick did a message in the middle of a field at sunrise. He did a message at a picnic table in the park in Northfield with his hat on backwards. I was like, that's my pastor. That is one cool pastor. Preaching with his hat on backwards. I'm like, yeah. And we were all delivered this yard sign with a care package. And I've always loved this message because the city was shut down. But hope is not shut down. I have always loved that. And today, there is no limit on hope. In our world, it's hard to stay positive. And so last week, we began this series, Thomas, who was just up here, he kicked us off. If, if you weren't here or didn't have a chance to watch that service online, I want to encourage you to go to the church's Facebook page or, or Go Church Denver on YouTube. Check it out. Find that service in its entirety. Enjoy that service. Enjoy that message. He did an excellent job. And I don't know if you guys recognize this. If you, if you recognize the significance of what has happened in the last couple months at Go Church, A couple of months ago, Nick stood right here and he introduced Thomas Ward and Caroline Hughes as our two new full-time staff members with their uh, spouses, Corbin and Hannah. Isn't isn't that amazing? Don't you want to just put your hands together for them? I mean, Go Church started services six and a half years ago. Nick was full-time, self-raising his own support for his salary. Becky was working as a special ed teacher at a a local elementary school. Eventually, she was able to come on to the church's staff full-time, but the church has continued to grow even through the global pandemic and the ups and downs. We've had part-time staff members but do you understand the significance, how difficult it is to plant a church, especially in Central Park and in Denver, 
because everybody, you know, they have their own issues and own reasons and their own gods. And, and so it, to me, I just wanted to bring it to our attention how, how fortunate we are. I, I'm so proud of Thomas and Caroline, and I'm so happy that they're on staff full time. It's because of our generosity, of our giving, of our finances that has allowed our church to grow and to reach more people and to bring them on staff full time. And so I'm just really happy that they're partnering with Nick and Becky. And don't you just love Nick and Becky? They're on vacation right now. They're on vacation right now. And and I want us to pray for them to find the rest, the relaxation, to rewind while they're gone. And I want us to be the kind of church that stays positive with the way we treat our pastors and staff. I feel fortunate. I've, I've been a full-time youth pastor. I've been part-time. I've been volunteer. I've been on both sides of, of the ministry side of churches, and I've been a, a volunteer and a tender and member, and, and, and I've been able to see the inner workings of several churches over the years, and there's some great things about being on staff, and there's some incredible fulfilling things, and there's some difficulties as well. There's some great people I've met over the years in ministry, and I have lifelong friendships and relationships with them, and there's always that one or two difficult people in the church. Why is that? They're not at Go Church, though. I want us to be the kind of church that comes alongside Thomas and Caroline and Nick and Becky and we just support them and we pray for them. We think of ways we can bless them and be generous with them. We just come together because our church will reach more people when we are united and supporting our church and our staff and our pastors in that way. Let's stay positive. Let's do that. When I think about hope, I think about our world. It's just a lot of people are hopeless. A lot of people are struggling. And I believe that as we live in our society, I believe that um, there's a lot of people that are struggling. Have you noticed the people around you that a lot of the people we come in contact with Have you noticed how they're facing some kind of struggle or battle? Have you noticed how it just seems like just about everyone we encounter is going through something? It may not be obvious from the outside, but they're facing a battle on the inside. I mean, I know people right now that are dealing with chronic pain, that are dealing with severe uh, medical issues, that are life or death. I know people that are dealing with mental health issues. I know people that are struggling in relationships in their marriage with their kids, with their teenagers. I know people that are struggling in relationships with their parents. I know, I know people that are going through car problems. There's never a good time to have a car problem. I know people that are struggling with finances, with careers, with jobs with self-satisfaction and joy and happiness. And we just seems like run across a lot of people that are struggle, that have a struggle or they're battling something. And that leads us today 
to our one big thing, our one big thing, you have no idea what God might do through a single word of encouragement. You have no idea what God might do through a single word of encouragement. You can take notes on the back of the handout as you came in if you'd like that. There's a couple of blanks to fill in, space for notes. You have no idea. We have no idea how God can use us to bring hope, to bring hope. You have no idea how God can use you to bring hope. You have no idea how God can use you to offer faith. We have no idea. It's not just our words that can make a difference. But when we're empowered by God, we have no idea how God can use our words to bring encouragement, to bring hope, and to bring faith in people's life. And so if most people we run across are going through something that we may or may not be aware of, how do you think God wants to use us to lift them up and encourage them? How do you think God wants to use you to lift them up and to encourage them? And we already know there's so much negativity in the world with bad news and, and fights on social media and, and our polarized world and critical, hateful people. We already know that. I believe it is time for us as a church to step into the lives of people who are hurting and lift them up and encourage them. Instead of adding fuel to the fire of the bad news and the arguments and the critical and negative thinking, we're gonna stay positive and we're gonna let God use us and use our words to encourage those around us. It's time that we as followers of Jesus step in and step up and lift others up and bring words of hope and encouragement. Sometimes people go through such difficult times, we don't know what to say. And I'm afraid our natural tendency in those times, in, when we're speechless, we don't know what to say, we don't, we don't know how to help, we don't know what to do. Our natural tendency is to actually slowly back away. Slowly back away because I just don't know what to say. It's so complicated. It's, it's out of my scope of expertise. I, I want us in those times to ask God to help us resist our natural tendency to back away, but ask God to use us even though we don't know what to say. We can come alongside someone and say, I don't know what to say, but I'm here. I don't know what to do, but I'm here. I, I wish I could help, or I wish I had answers, but I'm here. Fight that urge to back away. Step in, lean in, and just say I'm here. We can be honest with people. We can say, I, I, 
what, I can't imagine what you're going through. Sometimes we say the opposite. We try to relate, you know, we try to connect. And we're like, you know, you know, I, I know what you're going through. No, we might have some similar experiences, but we really don't know exactly what they're going through. But what we do know is we have the power of God that's working in us and can work through us to encourage people. And it's the ministry of presence. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to show up and I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to bring you a coffee. I'm going to do something just to be there with you. I don't have the answers. I don't have the magical words or formula, but I'm going to be there and I'm going to say I'm here. Proverbs 18:21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue. Our words are filled with power. They can build up or they can crush. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily. <laughs> doesn't say encourage one another when you have some free time. Encourage one another when you feel like it or you have the right words to say. It doesn't say encourage one another occasionally or sporadically. It says encourage one another daily, daily. When I was uh, growing up in Arvada, I went to high school at Arvada High School and, and I wanna show you a picture. Some of you wonder if I ever had hair. This is me when I was 17 years of age. And uh, this is my grandma Williams. I was 17 and, and my mom is right here on the front row, Shirley, and I'm really excited that she could be here. And, and my mom hosted this graduation party for me. And I mean, there's a lot to take in in that picture, isn't there? I, I know, I'm gonna give you a minute. I, I'm gonna give you a minute. You're, you're like looking, wait a minute. Do you recognize the smile? Let's, let's try this. Does that help? Mm, some of you are like, no, no, not really, not really. Yes, I was a few pounds lighter, a lot more hair. This was at the tail end of the Charlie's Angel feathered hair phase. Some of you are thinking, well, wait a minute, Charlie's Angels was a movie much later. No, no, there was a, a TV show called Charlie's Angels. It was the original. Yeah, look it up, check it out. So the feathered collar, how about that butterfly collar? The extra sh uh, button undone on the shirt with nothing on the chest, check it out, yeah. I was a high school graduate right there, yeah, I was a man. Yeah, how about that uh, paneling on the wall? Or that, that was a pretty new couch too back then. Gorgeous, trendy couch right there. Yeah, and so when I was, in high school, my family went to this church that ran about 100, 125 people out in Arvada. Kids, students, adults, on a Sunday about 100, 125. Our pastor was right out of seminary, just got his master's of divinity degree. And he was 25 and he was young and energetic. And he taught the youth group on Wednesday nights. There'd be 10, 15, 20 
um, students that would show up on Wednesday nights. And, and he, we didn't have a setup like this. I mean, he would play a game like, you know, with a rock from the yard on his way in. We'd play some game with the rock. He, we didn't have a worship band. He'd lead a song, you know, with just his voice. And then he'd open up his big pastoral seminary grad Bible, the big leather bound with the gold edges, and he'd open it up and read a couple verses and then teach a lesson. And I, I'm really embarrassed to look back to tell you this, but I thought I was hilarious when I picked on my friends in youth group. I just thought I was so funny I would tease them about their clothes or their hair or what they were carrying in their hands or their hobbies. I'd tease them about their glasses. My pastor was very kind. He'd walk over to me and just nicely say, Bill, Ephesians 4.29. And I go, what's it say? He'd hand me his pastoral Bible and he'd say, look it up. I flip, 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 Ephesians 4.29, he go, read it, read it out loud. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, to the, for those who listen. And I'm like, mm, uh, oh, okay, okay. And I realized, I'd hand him his Bible back, I realized, okay, I probably wasn't saying the nicest things. And then the next week I go to youth group and I'd just be having fun and I'd say something which I thought was hilarious. And my pastor would walk up and say, Bill, Ephesians 4.29, boop, read it. Do not let any unwholesome talk. I've memorized that verse over the years because I had a problem with my talk, with the words I would say. It wasn't wholesome. It wasn't encouraging. It wasn't building others up. It wasn't meeting their needs. It wasn't benefiting those who listened. And it took a long time for my pastor to keep telling me, Ephesians 4.29, Ephesians 4.29, Ephesians 4.29, before I began to turn the corner and I began to apply that verse to my life. Let's read it again. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. That's a great verse to apply to our life to stay positive, to encourage others. And sometimes, maybe you're thinking about encouraging others and you're like, but Bill, I, I, I'm just not very good at it. I'm just not a naturally gifted encourager. I just, it just doesn't come naturally for me. I'm, I'm a bit shy or I'm, I'm not very outgoing and I just don't know what to say. Well, in high school, I sure wasn't a very good encourager either. And think about us when we were babies. We didn't naturally, we weren't naturally gifted at walking. We'd get up, 
We'd stumble, we'd fall, and we'd try it over again. We'd get up, and eventually, over the course of time, we all began to walk. And we all learned how to walk. And that's how it is and how it can be with encouragement. We're not naturally gifted at it necessarily, but we can learn to encourage. We can learn to build others up. It doesn't just automatically come naturally. You know, there's always this struggle and this dynamic in my mind when I think about encouraging others, being positive. I want to be known as a person that's positive, that it's enjoyable to be around, that is encouraging. But sometimes the people that are closest to me, I want to also be a positive influence in their spiritual lives and journey. And sometimes that means I need to correct them or train them or guide them. Or, or, or as Pastor Nick says, he loves us so much, he's got to nudge us. He wants to nudge us. Just to, he loves us. And that's why he pushes us and nudges us. And, and so there's this struggle because I want to be positive and I want to encourage people, but I'm not going to sit idly by and not challenge or encourage someone in their faith and spiritual journey. I want to love them enough to speak truth into their life. And my motive is always to help them. My motive is not to tear them down or or to be mean or judgmental, but sometimes if the person is not ready to hear it, sometimes it comes across as judgmental. When my son was in his late teens and early 20s, he worked for me in my painting business, and I got to spend five days a week, four or five days a week with him, and I loved that opportunity to build a relationship, and I wanted to encourage him, and I wanted to help him on his spiritual journey, and I knew that ultimately he had to make the decisions about his own faith and his own walk with the Lord, but I, I thought, man, I'm, I'm hanging out with this guy, painting homes, and I want to be a positive, and he just wasn't ready at that time, and it came across to him as me being very judgmental and preachy and and that's not the intent at all. I want him and others to know that I'm one, there to encourage them. And that leads us to our one big action. One big action. Let's make a decision today to be the biggest voice of encouragement. The biggest voice of encouragement to ourselves and to others. Sometimes we're hardest on ourselves. Well, sometimes we cut other people slack and give them grace, but we're hard on ourselves. And so I want to encourage us to just encourage ourselves. Just lift ourselves up. Don't be so hard. Offer the same grace and kindness that we offer others. Offer that to ourselves. But also be the biggest voice of encouragement to those around us. Here's a simple rule. A simple rule is if you think something good, say it. If you think something good, say it. This will change your dynamic of how you encourage other people. If you think something good about someone, pull out your phone and send them a text. I was just thinking about you, and I just wanted to share this word of encouragement. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes there's things that remind me of other people. I'm driving down the road. I see a car, and I go, oh, that reminds me of my friend from Fresno, California. And then I start to pray for that person. And then maybe when I stop, I could text that person and encourage them. Maybe I see a place where I hung out with a friend. I drive by a restaurant or a location. Maybe we went to a concert or a game or something. And I drive by that place and it reminds me, man, I haven't thought about that for a while. What a fun time. We can just send a message. We could, we could actually make a phone call. These things actually make phone calls still. Amazing. We can encourage people. We can write notes. We can... We can send cards. We could show up in people's messages and just say, thinking about you, praying for you, love you. If you think something good about someone, say it. I heard about a story. I heard a story from a pastor. He was, he was a young pastor, and he had a guy from his church set up an appointment to come and talk to him in his office. And the guy's name was Scott that was coming in to meet with his pastor. Scott was a nice guy, a young adult, single guy, easygoing. And so the pastor wasn't sure what the appointment was about, and so he had some chit-chat with him, and he's like, how can I help you, Scott? And Scott just very matter-of-factly said to the pastor, Pastor, I've come to the conclusion because of the depression and anxiety and loneliness and hurt in my life, I'm going to end my life. Wow. The pastor was not ready for that. He didn't see that one coming. And so in his young pastor's mind, he just quickly prayed a prayer, Lord, help me. And he says, it's as if the Lord gave him an idea. He pulled out a, a, a yellow legal pad and pulled out a pen and he looked at Scott and he said, Scott, I feel like the Lord is telling me that you need to give me 100 reasons to live. I want you to share 100 reasons why your life matters and I'm gonna write them down on this paper. And Scott was like uncomfortable and not, and he's like shrugging his shoulder and he's like, there, there's nothing. I, no, no, pastor said there, there are. I know, I see them. I know there's some positive things in your life. I want you to share those. So he drew it out of him, and reluctantly Scott said, well, I, I guess I'm a good writer. So the pastor wrote it down. You're a good writer. Give me another one. Scott said, I'm funny. The pastor thought, huh, I've never seen that in Scott, but... He's at a difficult place, so I'm gonna just write it down. You're funny. And then Scott said, I look like Robert Redford. The pastor said, he didn't look anything like Robert Redford. But he goes, oh, you are funny. <laughs> you look like Robert Redford. About seven or eight on the list, there was a little bit of a breakthrough where Scott was giving answers a little more freer and he picked up his pace and was continuing to give additional. One, of, one out of the blue, the pastor said, was Scott said, I still have a full head of hair. 
So he wrote it down. You have a full head of hair. At about 20, 22, 23, Scott began to cry. And he began to flow the reasons why his life mattered. He gave reason after reason after reason. Through his tears, he began to cry and he began to share why his life mattered. They got to 100. The pastor folded it up and said, I'm going to pray that these 100 reasons will be laid on your heart, that God plants them on your heart so that you recognize that your life matters and that you have a reason to live. And the pastor prayed that prayer and Scott left with that sheet. He had folded it up and he put it in his wallet. Wasn't too long after that that Scott got a job transfer and moved out of state. Five years later, the pastor finished speaking and finished a service and at the back of the auditorium, he saw Scott. And Scott came down and met him at the front and Scott introduced him to his new wife and his new son. Five years later, they hugged, and Scott said, Hey, Pastor, do you remember that time in your office? Oh, the pastor said, I've never forgot it. He pulled out his wallet, pulled out that folded up yellow legal piece of paper, and he said, I've carried this with me every day since. And you saved my life. It saved my life. God saved my life. And he said, Pastor, I want you to have this. Oh, the pastor said, no, that's yours. And Scott, you remember your, Scott said, you remember your prayer? You prayed that these hundred reasons would be on my heart. They are in my heart. I don't need this anymore, and I want you to have it. Today, if you struggled with suicidal thoughts or you're currently struggling with that, I need you to hear me. Your life matters. If you're watching online, your life matters. We can be encouraged. We can be lifted up. And maybe today, if, if most people that we come in contact with are struggling, then maybe today some or many of you are struggling currently, quietly, going through a battle. Maybe you're like Scott and you're feeling depression or anxiety or loneliness. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to tell you you're not alone. I'm here to tell you that God loves you and that he has a plan for your life. He's not mad at you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's not abandoned you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He's with you no matter what you've done, no matter how deep into sin you've gone, no matter how much crime you've committed, no matter how mean things you've said to people, it doesn't matter. God is a forgiving, loving God. We have to pay consequences sometimes for our actions but God has never left us he's never abandoned us he is with each and every one of us right now today if you're struggling with low self-esteem or some internal battle if you're struggling with some relationship conflict or stress or struggle 
let me encourage you today. God's word is true. God is faithful and he keeps his promises. Positive words are so difficult to remember. When other people say positive things to us, oh, they seem to just come in and out. But negative words are so hard to forget. Ten people can compliment us and say nice things to us. And all it takes is that one person to make that one comment. And what do we dwell on? What do we focus on? We dwell on that negative comment. Neurologists say that's the way our brain is predisposed. That we are predisposed to immediately accept that criticism. But yet the positive comments, it takes our brains at least 15 seconds to process and to focus on it before we begin to accept it. Positive reasons, positive words are so difficult to remember. Negative words are so difficult to forget. Today, I want to encourage you. Today, I want you to be the biggest voice of encouragement in your own life. Today, I want you to be the biggest voice of encouragement in the lives of others around us. Would you bow your heads? Thanks again for listening to this week's message. To stay in the know with Go Church, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at letsgo.church. You can also download our app from the App Store by searching Go Church. Have a great week and God bless.